It's May 5th, 2021, and we're previewing the Midseason Invitational with Kelsey Moser. This is the True Sight Podcast. Welcome to the True Side Podcast by Oracle's Elixir, your source for in-depth analytical coverage of professional League of Legends and the rest of the esports world. I'm Tim Magic Sevenhusen, and we have Kelsey Moser back on the show today to help us get ready for the midseason Invitational. How's it going, Kelsey? I'm doing great. Uh, we finally launched our, our youth gaming program morning mm-hmm. on our website, so I'm glad that that is, that is live, so... Right. Yeah, the, so that's the Evil Geniuses program, because for anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with, with what you work on, you do collegiate and amateur player development primarily for Evil Geniuses, right? I do that, and then also working in the space with um, basically trying to set up uh, programs for, for high school and in college kids oh, cool. to, to learn more about esports. So. Yeah, hey. well... I would love to talk more about that, but I really want to focus on MSI, actually, because it nice. starts tomorrow. So we're just going to throw all that out there and say, hey, people can check out Kelsey's Twitter and, and other places to, to learn more about that stuff. But MSI is a big deal. So here we are to talk about it. And let's just let's just jump right into it. You know, it's it's been a little while since we've been on the show, and I'd love to get your opinions on these things. Uh I think the, the big question that's on a lot of people's minds, or on mine at least, is, you know, are, are Damwon the favorites and by how much? So what do you... What do you think about that? So my name is RNG Kelsey. So (laughs) I'm clearly going to, I actually went over this a lot and it's, it's, it's difficult to predict RNG because I think that there, there are primary problems with RNG that people don't really talk about. And that one for me is the mid lane. Um, Most people point to either, to either Shaohu having a limited pool, which is true, or, or Gala having a limited pool, which is (laughs) true. But for me, the biggest problem that's actually going to to bother them in the context of how Damon play it, because they seem most comfortable in, you know, they actually actively avoid drafting a winning side laning top, which is probably the best way to beat RNG. And I would say their their general strategy is to react to people mis- misplaying side lane and be- being overextended with really extensive trigger pull. Um, so for me, I, I actually think they lose to RNG ultimately in, in an extended series. So. Interesting. Because, yeah, RNG, RNG is this team where I think you can identify problems with the way they play pretty easily, but you also just can't deny the, the skill they have in certain areas. And I think especially how well Jahu has has moved over to the top lane position, what he does there. Breaking into that, that matchup a little more, because... You know, I think that mm-hmm. that is a big topic is, you know, how, how will that matchup play out? And most people see these two teams as the ones that are, you know, at the at the front of it. Uh, do you think that that this is just a matter of the way their mid games will interact or, or does it does it start earlier than that? Yeah, I mean, it starts earlier than that for sure, from from my opinion, because I think the way that that Damon typically play is that they don't really... They miss a lot of windows where they need to skirmish around mid, which is where I think RNG have the biggest weakness. Mm. And they miss a lot of those weaknesses windows in matchups like um, Syndrome matchups, Silas matchups, and it's 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 not consistent, right? It's sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't. It'll be like, for example, on on you know third wave crash when Silas wants to fight versus a ranged matchup or something like that, the jungle won't be in position, or that will cause him to 
the enemy mid laner to get like a very favorable back timing and they won't be able to challenge that until mid game. I also think that there are some really interesting aspects of how Damwon are, are playing for Drakes. They rely a lot on um, Fascia Collapse or having someone be out of position. They also give a lot of waves for neutrals. So for me, this is just kind of RNG's forte is how they're playing the map. And I would say that the Damwon have a lot of holes in that area. Damwon obviously are exceptionally good in uh, fights. And, and basically for me, it's just... If they see someone, um, like the series that sticks out to me the most is actually the the semifinals between HLE, which by the way, I can't believe was actually the semifinals because HLE yeah. were terrible. But <laughs> the when when Morgan, whenever Morgan was showing inside and they were pushing out mid, they would always, always get flanked on. Like like the moment that he showed on a wave. Um, and I think that that's, that's something to consider because it's like RNG actually actively give mid prio. Um, for sideline pressure. So for me, it's just, I think it's an interesting matchup because I feel like RNG will be given everything they want. And if they still lose, then I guess <laughs> RNG are just bad guys. Like there's, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. else to say there. Yeah, I, I think calling out the Damwon in, in the fights is something that it very much stood out to me as well, especially watching them in the playoffs and they would mm -hmm. sometimes fall behind, right? And they'd fall behind uh, in, you know, gold and dragons and so on, but also just in the team comps, like they might be behind with a mm -hmm. relatively early game team. And then somehow they find this way to win these 5v5s, to jump, like you said, like somebody a little bit out of position and they just jump them and they just go for it. And they manufacture these ways to win like 40 minute team fights with a comp that has no business, it seems, winning these team fights. But, you know, I, on the surface, when you look at kind of the fact that LPL teams in general, and I think it's true of RNG this year, they they off, they love to take fights a lot of the time, right? They like to sometimes funnel into jungle chokes when they shouldn't and just go aggressive and, and go after it. But they're used to fighting a lot and executing in those fights. So I, I think it's possible to look at, at Damwon and say... RNG yeah. suck at team fighting. I just want to throw that out there. Like RNG actually actively avoid the fights where I think that they should have advantages sometimes when they're in even numbered situations because I think they just don't have that much active faith in their ability to execute them. <laughs> it's really yeah, uh, they they actively kind of seek in numbers advantage situations more than anything. Um, I do think that in playoffs we saw a little bit more of them taking like uh, uh, these types of fights just because they they do have. Um, like a gala was performing better, but mm -hmm. I think it'll really kind of depend on those circumstances. So. Yeah, because I think like it, it's it's possible to look at them and say maybe they weren't challenged the way they could have been in, in some of those team fighting scenarios, and you know make that just what was what led me to wonder if they're going to get challenged more in those five v fives than they had been at home. But um, doesn't seem like that's necessarily going to be the case. I think it'll come more down to can anybody attack them better mm -hmm. than they were attacked more in the early game and so on because you know it especially for people who haven't watched them on this split as much which or or, or just play the map or just play the map better in mid game because i would say damon's map play got better but not in mid game but not it was always like their flaw uh mm -hmm. i would say it at at worlds and you saw teams like Suning going for one through one comps um you saw them play fjord a fjord comp really terribly so so, so for me i guess uh, it, it's not like I think the misconception is early game or team fights and RNG do and RNG is not that team either of those teams RNG will will play the early game like pretty well but they they don't play mid game just to fight which right. I know that's a crazy concept <laughs> in North America but 
that is that is how we that is how they do it yeah seeing teams that are willing to back off from fights is something that's that's pretty cool because and i think i i noticed that a little bit in damwon myself that there were fights that they would back off from and you know especially comparing to watching you know i watched a handful of of series of them Mm -hmm. you know i watched their playoffs of course and then i watched a handful of series in the regular season and comparing their early split games to their playoffs games and the the number of bad fights that they would like opt into as herald for example was it was so bad on the start of the split and then actually not bad in the playoffs from what i saw it was uh, terrible in the playoffs was it <laughs> in i Demon? saw the back off fights Demon? i, I yeah. actually have in my notes is there something in the lck contracts that <laughs> require teams to fight at rift and i think it's like um like every single fight that i every single game i watched both teams would rotate for the rift and Demon yeah. would give up waves to do it they would take it. They consistently drafted comps that would win those fights, though. But they did take them, and there were I noted down games where they they lost those fights. Um, so for me, it was just like that is that is the biggest thing that got them back into games after bad early games were, were those rift fights. It was just weird because I felt like I, I did like a tier list of of rift play, and I actually felt like the LEC teams did rift play the best, followed by um, LPL, mm-hmm. then like. LCK and NA were equally bad, so okay. that's kind of where I was on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I didn't, I didn't see it the same way, but uh, you, you know, I, th- I there, there are certain fights, for example, where Damwon would like they definitely rotated it for it. Like I, I completely agree, I saw that as well. But there were scenarios where I thought, like, I guess they tried to take the fight, but maybe it was a little bit the other team backing off uh, <laughs> that that Damwon are trying to get, create the fight, but then they, you know. I'm just thinking one specific scenario, particularly just because mm. I was watching the clip of it. They were trying to engage, the other team didn't, and they realized, you know what? Okay, we got control, but we don't need to commit. And maybe it was more of a tempo call than it was a, a lack of fighting call. But I, yeah. I also like there there were some fights where they everyone would rotate and then they wouldn't fight. But the fight that to me was as egregious, just because it was like, mm. why you invest? <laughs> you're giving all that, up. Now, you're you're, you're giving it. up tempo for you're giving up tempo on the opposite side of the map where, where you had control and you're you're going for rift. So for me I guess like when I'm talking about the rift plays, these both of these scenarios are are pretty egregious to me. So that's, that's why fair. I found found the, the LCK rift setups to be pretty bad. Yeah. So putting all this together, you sounds like you favor RNG over Damon to win the whole thing. Uh yes. I do think that there it's not like completely straightforward and I yeah. always I felt bad for predicting it but just for me it was like i think it, it, this is one of those this is one of the times where i think you can actively debate about the meta going into an international tournament hmm. and um what i mean by this is i would say that when i was watching the the, the major series of basically every team a major playoff series of every region except for lpl there was so little emphasis on controlling the map through sidelines. And there were there's some exceptions to this, because I think Mad Lions were doing some creative things, but then they'd burn their tempo and everyone would 5v5 face check the dragon anyway. Um, but they would they would at least have like some creative or smart setups going into that. I would say that uh, Damwon did have some good control, but they, they consistently drafted compositions that wouldn't give them sideline control, right? Hmm. Which forced them to to basically give sideline control or tempo to go to neutrals. Um, but then I, you watch the LPL series and even teams that weren't RNG, right, and played way more for for fights or that that type of approach. 
you saw those teams that that could get consistent sideline control by playing champions like Akali, um, champions like Jace being so high prio. Um, those teams were the ones that would win, like even versus like EDG, even EDG FPX, even in um, top esports EDG series, right? The the thing that was winning was the fact that they could get sideline pressure, so they rotated to the fights first. They could set up the fight how they wanted in the way they wanted, and then uh, punish the the second team's approach. So for me. That was way less of a factor in LCS. It was way less of a factor in, in PCS in the series that I was able to see. Definitely not a factor in most of the minor region games. Um, way less of a factor in, in LEC, LCK, and in, 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 yeah, I think I already said LCS, but that's, I, I, that des- it deserves to be said twice because of how little of a factor it was. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it is interesting. I don't think, like, I think Khan did play Jace maybe a couple of times but like that was one of the big differences that 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 Dan one gone through can, can you link Maybe. me the game because i <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up while we talk but uh but but like obviously it wasn't it wasn't part of his typical play style right like it wasn't a normal thing that he would do yeah. um and that's a huge difference from when they had nuguri right because nuguri that's he played entirely that type of champion like win lane push you know uh get sideline control and move to team fights or just straight up hard split push uh, and and Khan played 18 games of Scion. How much do you think that played into kind of the way they would approach some of these dragon fights or objective yeah. things that they had the Scion to kind of, you can face check anything. You can just alt in there if you want. Like you can kind of cheat this stuff, right? Yeah. And I would say again, I think their approach is more along the lines of if someone shows inside, you will engage on the mid, right? But if you don't walk up mid, right, if you're consistently giving, so you can set up the map such that you are getting pressure in two sides and juggling that pressure, so you can test mid prior less. Um, we yeah, need like a, 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 a rift kit to visualize it. But the, the point is, is that like if you set up the map like this, then they will collapse to one side or the other, which will allow you to make play even if the person in the, the one sideline dies. Um, and this is a, a style of play that I would say people have kind of abandoned um, just because of the importance of dragon stacking. Yeah. So the that's that's where I find RNG like so compelling and interesting because it's almost like a, a, a style of play that people think is not viable just because you have to fight dragons or, or get soul or whatever whatever you want to do. But they will continuously give give that up so that they can have like strong sideline positioning and they can take like later drakes. So Yeah. And that's something that I've always personally appreciated is giving up the first couple of dragons and getting a gold lead so you can take the later ones. Like I don't know. That's I've, I've been a champion of that idea for quite a while. Uh Khan did not play Jace at all this split. He did play Quinn once. Uh Lulu. But uh no, I was remembering incorrectly. <laughs> Yeah, I remember he played Renekton, but I was actively looking, and I was like, yeah, okay, there's a GP game. Yeah. There's almost, and then I kept looking at the top matchups. Like, all of, almost all of these matchups l- lose side pressure in mid-game. And I, I, act, yeah. and I watched the ones that did not. Well, uh, I, like, like two. And, and you have these champions <laughs> that are kind of like, that are matchup dependent, right? Like, Nar, even Renekton, you know, you, you get prior mm-hmm. depending on game state and, and champion matchup and all that kind of stuff. So even when well, you play... Well, just, yeah. just, just itemization, like eventually, yeah. pretty much most stages of the game, like the matchups that he had did not get, right. get prior. 
in, yeah, and that, in sideline or in lane. So, and that's that's where you yeah. need that context on top of just looking at the champion pool. Like eight games in NAR, maybe he got yep. sideline. Well, not necessarily. And, you know, in, in looking at the rest, we're probably not. Yeah, NAR is a dog sideliner, but that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all, all of that aside, uh, you know, I think there mm-hmm. there are also some positive things that I think are worth highlighting. Like when Khan did play the Scion, uh, some of the some of the CC he was able to land in team fights and the space he was able to occupy, I, I was pretty impressed with. Not to say that he's, you know, I think, I think Zhao Hu should be probably looked at as a stronger overall top laner than Khan right now. But I think it's it's easy to to put Khan alongside Nuguri and mm-hmm. get a super negative opinion of him just in general. But I think that that could be a little unfair. So Zhao Hu's weird. Yeah. <laughs> because I would say he's really good at things that you wouldn't necessarily consider top laners are good at, but he's very good at the, the side lane control. Um, and he's very good at punishing trade windows. Both his, I would say, his wave management is poor and his champion pool is poor. So it's mm. hard for me to say that, you know, he's a better top laner than Khan overall. I Apples just think and oranges that, a bit. I just think that RNG don't win if he's a different top laner just because they just don't have the... I just don't know how else they they can, you know. Mm. It is, it's it's an interesting thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, are, also, Ming is the lord and savior of us all. Yes. That is beside the point. I, I love the support matchup in these two teams because I think mm-hmm. Ming and Barrel are both super good players. Uh, I think Ming, you know, all around a little more kind of in a bit more of a stable way, and Barrel does kind of unique things with all the all the Senna, you know, alongside Senna picks he'll do he'll the Cho'Gath and the Heimerdinger and then just you know standard Tom Kench and stuff like that, but. Ah, oh, man, Barrel is, is his great. Cho'gath, his Cho'gath is cracked, but I was disappointed in his Brom as a Brom connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, there's so much skill expression in Brom, mm-hmm. right? You just got to know. There, are, there definitely is uh, good stuff you can do with it. But, you know, I, I think mid lane also is one that I, I think mm-hmm. Kryon is obviously a relatively new player on the scene compared to, like, he's been around, oh, he's- right? But, He's the weakest mid laner of the top four teams. And, and then you have Showmaker on the other side, who, yeah. depending on what you value, you know, you can look at him as the best or the second best mid laner in LCK. I, I personally value the types of things Showmaker brings more than I value Chovy, but we're not going to make this a Chovy episode. But uh, where do you think the, the difference, you know, if you say that Kryon is a weaker mid laner, uh, where does yeah. that difference stack up against the kinds of things Showmaker brings? Um, I think champion pool and agency i think it was frost when i did the the pre-finals podcast was he's never gonna be the one who sets up the dominoes you know he's just gonna sometimes be there to to knock him over um like this kind of this player he doesn't create a lot of winning situations himself and the the other element of that is just champion pool there were points where his champion pool was pinched such that they were blinding corky yeah and I think his champion pool is basically just control mages, um, scaling mages effectively. And the way I see the meta kind of pivoting or trending more is a lot more around these like mid jungle skirmish picks. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was actively looking at them on games when I was looking at the pod review to see how well they handled those windows where they could take an active skirmish. Because right. I, I definitely think both Canyon and Shoemaker at the Shoemaker, Showmaker. <laughs> I don't know why I said Shoemaker. Anyway, have the champion pools to to do that, but um, I, I don't. I I think it'll be kind of an issue of like 
what what games will they and what games won't they? Because that's for me the the easiest way that they have to kind of open the map or just get an advantage over RNG that's basically diff- completely uncontestable for them. So yeah, I mean, so many mids play stuff like Renekton these days, and and a lot of correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of LPL mids play the Renekton, right? And, and Showmaker <laughs> does, and um, that kind of flex. Even uh, even Cryon has played it. Has um, it? Yeah. <laughs> but we'll leave that one without comment. That's, <laughs> the actual that's performance all level. I'm going to say on that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. How do you think these teams, like we talked a lot about the head-to-head between Dem1 and, and RNG. There obviously are a lot of other teams at this event. Which of them do you think is more resilient against what teams like Mad Lions or Cloud9 are going to bring against them? Uh, which is more resilient against... Like, Teams like what I guess resilient in general. It's an interesting question because that supposes that those teams are going to, I don't know, bombard them with things that they can't deal with. But the I guess in terms of which of these two teams will will deal better with Mad Lions and Cloud Nine, I think probably Damwon just because they'll play more into each other's wheelhouse, right? I think that that Cloud Nine. It's actually an, an, an interesting matchup versus RNG because they do have a lot of the, the skirmish style stuff that they were doing mm-hmm. down. Um, very interestingly, RNG versus FBX, RNG were targeting the support pool to avoid a situation where the support had agency for, for mid lane. And that's because FBX's like trademark calling card is skirmishing 3v3 around mid with mid jungle and support. And uh, I can see Cloud9 doing that. You know, they have all the right tools to be able to execute that well. We also have a lot of instances where Cloud9 have consistently punished top lane um, very hard. And that's the best way, in my opinion, to beat RNG. Because if, if Xiaohu can't get consistent side lane pressure, they don't have a way to play the map. Well, like Cryon won't serve the same function. So I think that... It, Stylistically speaking, actually, C9 are maybe the best matchup versus RNG, but C9 play the mid-game really poorly. They have a lot of swaps that I just don't understand. Um, they don't make a lot of good tempo trades. I would say that even with the context of NA, Cloud9's macros suspect. So that's where I am. Yeah, I think it's it's going to come a lot down to the coaching matchup of, of designing good game plans, I think, to, to beat a team like RNG or, or Damwon for that matter. Uh, I think a lot of people would look at Cloud9's potential against those teams and they're just going to revert to kind of the the basic, oh, I don't think Fudge is good enough to stand up to these in, in that, you know, that has been a narrative against uh, against C9, I guess I can say, for most of the year. Do you think that's on target at all? Fudge is interesting. Fudge is interesting because I would say that in terms of the escalation of pressure, he has always had an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Um, like coming from OPL to to NA, had an adjustment period. Coming from um, to NA Academy, he had an adjustment period. Go- going from NA Academy to to stage, he had an adjustment period where he not only looked like he was super far behind in in, in catching up. Not wise, but form poorly. You know, yeah. just really basic bad mistakes. So, the exception to that obviously is when he was at Worlds with, um, with his OPL team. Yeah, and uh, 
yeah, sorry, it was escaping me for a second. So for me, I don't know if that was just like a lower pressure situation for him or what the, the, the thought process or, or if there is even is logic or even if this is like a false narrative potentially. But yeah, I'm just curious to see how he'll perform in this, this newer context as well. But I, I don't have really high hopes for C9. I just look at the way that they play matchup wise or stylistically in, in their early game, and I see them being positioned to do that, that to do the things that they need to do to take down RNG well. Um, I would say Mad Lions are Mad Lions are, are a different coin just because they do have a lot of the the same calling cards in terms of just like doubling bots, rotating for mid control. Um, I don't think that they abuse top lane well enough, hmm. though. So that's where I am. So they they might be more kind of like... It, it, so matchup is, is a bit of a challenging thing to talk about because sometimes you want to beat the other team by playing the same way but better, and sometimes it's better to beat them by you know, by, by kind of inverting your play style of theirs and attacking their weaknesses, that kind of thing. And, you know, Damwon being a team, for example, that doesn't play through the top side that much, uh, and if Mad Lions are maybe kind of the same, do you think that that helps them in a Damwon matchup, or do you think it's better to attack the weaknesses of a team like Damwon? Damwon. Um, so I think that Mad are, are interesting because I do consistent. Like, the thing that I would call out for Damwon is... It, Again, their trigger pull. I would say that Mad Lions are the ones who consistently like overspend sideline tempo. Hmm. Um, so they'll like there was a moment I think it was the Rogue series where they had pushed out top wave all the way. They won a really favorable game around bot. They picked Dragon and then they had a window to recall and keep control on the map. But then um, it was it Rogue or G two? I can't remember. But the team that the other team actually ended up just on the map way ahead of them because they delayed their recall and taking topside vision completely so that they had to face check it. And it was almost a disaster for them. So that's kind of where I am is, is that they will set up favorable map states, but they won't, they'll, they'll make two mistakes, right? They'll either not reinforce that with control that forces the opponent team to retake by, by putting down wards. So, Oftentimes, like when you put down wards in one quadrant, um, the enemy team retakes that, you see them on the map, and then you can immediately rotate and put the wards on the opposite side. So then you have a, have, you're basically trading control for, for the other control and you're trading wards as objectives. Mm -hmm. But they, they often skip that step and they just like push out all the way, recall, and then they assume that that's like enough of a retake, but the enemy team doesn't necessarily even have to show on the waves, right? The enemy team can, can show in the jungle or, uh, various other states and just kind of rush the rush the vision and then push out the waves and then there's a situation where that are already forced out. <laughs> um, another and then of course the other mistake that I already touched on, which was um, overshowing on waves. Okay. Um, and by that is you you know the typical like Twitter complaint of why is why are they hitting mid tower here? Um, Mad lions do that all the time. So. Okay. Uh, basically removes mystery, removes control. Their Baron setups are probably almost as bad as C9s, if not worse, actually. So that's that's uh, that's kind of mad lines for me. I think that they're they're gonna basically skill check and try to hard snowball. So that can I think get them a game maybe against yeah. Damon. Um, but they 
they're not set up to to take a series. What about against RNG? Does the story play out differently there? Uh, I think RNG's bot line is is vulnerable, mm. and I don't think RNG will will waste a lot of support pants like they did or expend a lot of support fans like they did against FBX, but maybe they will after subsequent games. I think that uh, as much as Gala has been overperforming, in my opinion, playoffs, he's still one of the the weaker players. So I kind of want to see if he can keep that trajectory to MSI, and so I have to stop saying that he's overperforming. Yeah. But the... I also think Humanoid is pretty good. Like, he's pretty nuts, right? I, it's actually really hard for me to decide um exactly how i want to rate the, the top three mids at this event mm-hmm. so that's uh they're, they're pretty close um in skill or at least perks 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 would be if you weren't playing an ace so cute stuff here. <laughs> he's um, at a boot camp now it's totally fine <laughs> But the, I guess my, and, and he has different things that make him strong than I would say humanoid and, and showmaker. Yeah. But the, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. But no anyway, worries. back to you. <laughs> Good throw. You should be a host. Uh, do you think the Mad Lions and the changes they've made this year have made them a better team than we saw at Worlds? Because obviously that's that's a big story for them is is how disappointing it, the, their play at the World Championships was. Now, you know, two roster changes, back winning LEC and making it to the next international tournament. You have to look at that and think their trajectory is upwards, but do you think that's actually the case? They're definitely... I would say that they're definitely going to show up better than they did at Worlds. Um, so that's there's, there's that for us. But I still think that they have... I, I think this team is going to remain a team that constantly has growing pains for having like trading in rookies that they're developing, which is not bad, but mm. it, it just kind of is. And I would say that they're, they're a fun team because I think that they will blow out some early games mm-hmm. for sure. They will, will skill check, check you. They'll, they'll play some super hard snowballing. And I think that they love, they love the jungle meta because it's, it's more favorable now to script. Krugs look for for more land pressure earlier. Um, you don't lose as much by by letting the enemy jungler like invade and deny your Krugs because it probably takes him too much time anyway. So the I see them kind of excelling and have getting a boost from that. Um, but yeah, so I guess that they are the short answer is yes, uh, up to upward trajectory. There you go. There we go. Of course, we we have a lot of other teams at this event other than these top four. Uh, yep. Which of the other teams do you think have the best shot to break into this top four and maybe knock somebody out and take their spot in in semifinals? The, the obvious answer is PCS, right? Um, they basically the PCS team, sorry, um, uh, PSG which Talon, is yeah. PSG Talon. Um, so the in general, I would say that they they obviously have the the best shot. I do know that they are playing with a an yeah. eighty sub. But I actually, I'll go have this conversation with Emily. Um, I think the, the thing about PSG is that they are getting away with doing a lot of weird laning mistakes that they won't get away with against most international teams. And for me, even though their reputation is like they're really so aggressive, uh, I think the more interesting thing about them is how they're able to, to flank well and collapse. 
so I think that that's that's one of the more interesting things for them. They're probably one of the only teams at this event that actually has like steps and 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 macro decision making to set up the map well, other than just like dropping waves and and face checking for five v fives, which I think is the approach that a lot of the other teams just take. Um, so I don't see them having the other teams doing a whole lot here, like the other the other six teams. It's a little unfortunate, but that's kind of where we are. Um, but you know, it'll be fun to watch. And there's there's so much, in a lot of ways, there's so much star power on some of these other rosters mm-hmm. that will always just consistently make games enjoyable. I think at yeah. this point, if you've been consistently watching these international events, you probably know like Anonisic. You probably know Wide Lotus and get excited no to watch ends, like yeah. those. No man's those players all the time. Holy Phoenix is a gigantic throwback. <laughs> um, you have Pain Gaming, which is potentially followers and fan base wise, maybe one of the biggest ones if you exclude like yep. RNG um, in terms of fan base at the entire event. I I love like the the it's, the Japanese like Twitter fan base is so active. Um, I swear, if you tweet about Evie this event, probably your your highest interaction tweet the entire event. Um, so I, I I don't know. It's and then of course like Pentanet, Pabu, the legendary you know one v one god. We we took a lot of their their OPL stars, but you know it's still still familiar faces like Fire Panther on, on this roster. So. I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing like the pop off moments or the the cool moments that you didn't expect from from these teams and who knows maybe they like like I would say Pentanet is is interesting just because they are kind of creative and I think mm-hmm. because of of where they are and the expectations that that people have from them they if they want to take games that's sort of where they have to lean yeah um and so I, I'm kind of looking forward to to their games even though they're probably one of the the worst teams skill wise here so yeah i mean oceania had so much of its talent stripped out into na academy right that there's <laughs> inevitably going to be some kind of a, an overall fall off but uh you know we'll see what happens with that and hopefully they can rebuild that a little bit maybe they'll get some of their players uh back over time and we'll we'll have to see um do you think that uh speaking of creativity and, and what some of these teams are going to have to do and, you know, maybe do some unusual picks or uh, unusual strategies or weird level one, stuff like that. The, the meta has had a lot of things popping into it in solo queue and, and so on and watching it has just stuff like that, that have, mm-hmm. y- you never know how many of those are going to bleed through into actual competitive play. Do you think things like, like Lisa in top and uh, jungle Morgana and stuff like that is actually going to show up? Or is that just more like a solo queue stuff? Things people are trying out. So I think Lisa is pretty overtuned. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up in a solo lane. It's just a question of whether or not the solo laners feel comfortable playing with it, mm-hmm. playing him because he does have a lot of skill nuance that you probably have to have a lot of games in him before this patch to, mm-hmm. to pull him out on stage at an international event. I think the Morgana jungle for me, the problem with Morg is her skirmishing ability is pretty bad in the contact. If like, if you miss Q. Basically, yeah. <laughs> just stand there and give yeah. someone a shield and auto attack them. So she, her clear is so disgusting yeah. that she might be able to to get level advantages, but that's that's pretty much 
where I see Morgana. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't like her. I'm not as I'm not as on board the Morgana jungle train as I am the the Leeson Leeson train. I think. What else is there? What else should we be potentially looking for that might be different or exciting? Uh, a lot of things. Like I said, I'm expecting more like skirmishing mids. I think people, more people are going to be willing to try stuff like Kali, Kiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some Rumble. Uh, Diana, Rumble especially. Diana Jungle Diana. got nerfed for this patch. Okay. Yeah, Rumble disgusting as well. Uh, Rumble will just be flexed everywhere. <laughs> um... Yeah, could be a lot yeah, of things. All the, all the patches blend together because the last competitive yeah. match I watched was on 11.6 and it's already 11.9, so I can't remember yeah. exactly. What yeah, it is a little weird. Match, yeah, but it's uh, I'm, I'm just going to look at it fast. <laughs> we have, um, we've, we've had three patches going between, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like generally, especially going into these events, they try to keep the patches like relatively non-disruptive. But I don't know if they've actually succeeded succeeded at that this time. And, yeah, and for, there's like yeah. the Lulu Lulu Cog might okay. rear its head, especially versus like the, the Kaisers with a Cogma um, on the bottom lane. Especially with like the the Cog the the Kaisa pickers like Gala, your your days are numbered, my friend. You know. Um, <laughs> if we if we so, can have Lulu and Morgana in the comp with a Cogma, we're not far off. Of going back to the heyday of competitive lol with the uh the juggernaut comps we're, we're we're almost there they just buck locks sunfire ages better than ken Hank. that's mm. all i have to say yeah. <laughs> well um, we'll look forward to all that yeah it'll be sure. it'll be i'm really excited i'm looking forward to it so. um I think uh, something that that we have to acknowledge that's un- really unfortunate about this MSI is, of course, the the VCS representative not being able to tra- to travel. Uh, do you think Gam would have had a better case than PSG Talon for that top four threat, or did you just mm. not end up really scouting them too much? More than PSG Talon, I don't think so. No. No. So. Because that's that's been kind of an open mystery in a sense uh, since they didn't get to go to Worlds and now again they don't get to go to MSI. But there's oh, been... you mean the, the VCS team? Yeah, I think probably they do better, but I didn't really watch them. Sorry to like, say that. Honestly, honestly, I if I if I if I had to guess, right, I would probably say that they did, but that's I can't I can't guess because I haven't watched them. I just I haven't right. Yeah. Um, it's one of those once you so, hear they're so not going, then you kind of go, well, okay. That, that, that I didn't bother to VOD review or, or prepare, which is 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 a shame, right? Because now that I'm thinking about this, I feel a little sad. Because it's like yeah. that's 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 you get exposed a lot of in the international community everywhere gets to ex- exposed to other regions, not just through like watching the international teams, but mm-hmm. by doing VOD review prep, and then you aren't just watching the the uh the teams are going to town as but you're also watching the teams that they played against the teams mm-hmm. that they competed against and now now i feel a little sad so i might go watch bcs yes. <laughs> well and especially with with the speed of their play style and all that which is yeah. just that much more fun on stage right that, that you want to see that because that's just one of those things about this event so you have uh, you know, like a team from Vietnam that comes in and they play just so fast and so much fighting. Mm-hmm. You go, how is that going to play out? Or you have a team like PSG Talon who, 
lost, I think, a single game in spring, and you go, oh, they're so much better than the rest of their the teams in their league. Can they, you know, carry it across, or is that just their their league being weak or whatever? It's going to be like the same kind of questions were being asked about Damon last year, uh, and it turned out they really were that good. Uh, so, you know, you get to see some of those. Um, not getting to answer some of those questions is too bad, but hopefully we'll we'll see them at Worlds. Um, usually, I, yeah. I mean, usually I, I would watch. Um, usually, you kind of get a feel for it just by watching their games. Like, for example, I felt really disappointed in the HLE series. Mm-hmm. I felt like the the quality of play in that series was depressing. Um, similarly, the but but I can't say that that's not true of some of the other series right yeah. as well like that 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 were internationally yeah played like rewatching the rogue mad lion series was also kind of disappointing for me uh, as much as i actually kind of enjoyed the g2 mad series but it, it was so frustrating to watch so it was like if only they didn't think karma leona was it was a lane maybe <laughs> this yeah. could have been a, a super banger you know so yeah yeah uh I got to say, for my part, watching some of the RNG stuff was impressive and some of it was not. So some of it was more pulling my hair out. So you get that on all of them. I, I think that that's definitely one interesting thing about this tournament. I think every team, you know, at the top end of it going in, you go, yeah, but, you know, are they really that good? Like none of them really have this full package kind of vibe to me. Mm-hmm. So that makes yeah, it and hard I th- to predict. I think you usually get that at MSI, though. Yeah, right? I I rarely go into MSI and feel like yeah, this is final form. You know, this is the, the team. That, this is usually as a result of a, a roster change or something along those lines. But I I very rarely feel like a team is a full package team, right? Sure. Like even even Damon at, at Worlds, I was like ah, oh, so oppressive. But their early game was nuts. Like probably one of the the better early game executions we've ever seen in esports. And in League of Legends esports, but they had a lot of Fiesta stuff that made me think, like, do these guys are are these guys aware of like the the timings of top wave versus mid in the middle of the game? Um, like like just small things like this. So there there aren't usually full package teams yeah. in in that traditional sense. It's just this idea of like how good can you get at what you're good at that you f- it feels like you have no flaws. So. Yeah, well, I think also the the deeper you understand the fine nuances of the game over time, the more you are able to identify those weaknesses and the less capable you become of seeing a team as not having flaws, right? Because it becomes easier to identify flaws at all. And the really tiny flaws start to feel bigger because you're better at recognizing them. So I think that's also a bit of a, an analyst curse. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, we've got some some questions from the chat and you're also okay. able to uh, send these questions in on Patreon uh, ahead of the episode. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Oracle's Elixir and I post the guests in advance there. Uh, so we have a question uh, from Dealy Man who wants to know who would you call your dark horse to an MSI? So let's say not one of the dark two horse. favorites, right? Not RNG, not Damwon. Who would be the most likely like, or who would you call as a dark horse? It is a relatively small field, so... Yeah, it, that's kind of a, a weird, weird answer. I think, I guess you could could argue. I I know I'm pretty sure PSG are just going to be like. 
This year are kind of a mess, so I think I have to go with, with Mad Lions as my Dark Horse then. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will just say they're maybe the third team in general, right? So <laughs> kind of feel like you're just going. So what if we what if we twist it to be a little bit more uh, unique? What what's something that you think could happen that would surprise everybody? And just get a little more open ended with it. Something that I think could happen that would surprise. Like if everybody. we're doing like a ninety fifty ten thing, what would be your well, your ten percent? Well, I already, to happen? I already did my my. I think my my pick to win is already surprising to most people. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the the ten percent chance of happening. Hmm. Let me think. Yeah, I'll let you think yeah. on that one a little bit. Looking mm-hmm. at the groups here, um, I will give a ten percent to. The suspense is killing me. My goodness. Um, I will give a 10% to Infinity getting out of <laughs> Okay. But that's like, it's extreme because it's a 10%, right? It's something yeah. that's like where I only believe that that's still a lot, right? It's like mm-hmm. one out of mm-hmm. 10 times. Mm-hmm. Do I think that that's, that's 10%? I don't never, know. never do surprise I, predictions live, folks. Yeah, I guess Plan assemble, assemble <laughs> Wildcats over PS. Nah. <laughs> okay, well, those things yeah, are I'm low gonna, probability gonna, to happen. Gonna, we'll leave it with that. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the Infinity Esports over C nine one. There we go. Nice. <clears throat> uh, following up a little bit, kind of on, on part of what you're talking about, why, why, why? Question mark wants to know if you think. Uh, apparently has been seeing tier lists that have PSG over Mad Lions. I'm not sure exactly where. Do you agree with that? Do you think PSG is or can be better than Mad? Where are those tier lists? I do That's not see them. I I think I've, without revealing grim data, people are pretty high on PSG. But the... So I think that maybe that might be coming from yeah. it, but again, for me, like the the fundamentals that I've I've seen are the the the, the main fundamentals that I've seen in the gameplay medlines are a little bit more solid. Um, I do think PSG are, are are interesting. Like there's a chance that they're better than C9 for me. Um, I was very like I it's. It's always the, the question mark, right? Like the what if G2 made it thing that I think people are, are going to have, which is it sucks because it's not fair to mad. But it's also definitely, I do feel like this EU rep is weaker than the mm-hmm. the top EU reps we've had at the last international events. So Yeah, I, I think I think this, this stuff about tier lists and so on will, I think it's coming from scrim leaks. I, I've seen a couple of things that are just off in the back corners of the internet somewhere Somebody is saying, hey, based on scrims, I think, you know, this these teams, I think there was on a Chinese forum somewhere that that PSG was actually being put above even RNG, which is very surprising, especially yeah. on a Chinese forum. Yeah. Uh, and it goes to show, don't trust scrim leaks, or honestly, a lot of times don't trust what maybe, players pro players say about other pro players. Or maybe you, you do trust scrim leaks, right? And uh, PSG just wins MSI. So maybe. That's... Maybe. 
Raz tweeted PSG and C9 over Mad. Uh, Raz is the one stirring it up. Okay. Forced without said that had a PSG over C9, I'm pretty sure. Mm. All right. We'll see. But, we'll have to see. Which I think is is more reasonable. To uh, to take a bit of a tangent on that, though, do you mm-hmm. so like when it's ever scrim leaks and stuff like that, it comes out of you know teams or player pro pro te- players or pro teams having opinions on other pro players or pro teams, and I've often found that's a pretty unreliable read of the actual call because they have a very narrow window on that. Do you think that's true, or do you think that generally? you know, pro players are, are a good resource for analyzing other ones. Well, I think pro players tend to be really kind of results oriented in the moment without thinking about a few things. Um, so it's like they, they get off a bad day of scrims and then they feel like, oh, this, this team is just too good, you know, or something like that. So it does tend to be like a little bit emotion charged when they make some predictions or announcements, but I wouldn't say that they have consistently bad analysis. It really just depends on the context in which you're getting the prediction and sure. um, what they, how they justify their answer. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of the time, you know, they are approaching the question from a set of angles that would be different than a content creator would, for example, uh, mm-hmm. you know, based on experiences and scrims which other people just don't get to see typically or based on playing against them in solo queue or, or stuff like that that can weight their their analysis in a different way right uh and and they just aren't going to sit there and spend eight hours reviewing vods to come up with their opinion on who the best team going to turn like well, that's a total waste of their time so why would they so you you get a different set of perspectives on it and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's less accurate or less viable but i think it should be interpreted i think you sometimes get fans out there who say you know player x said that player y is actually super amazing so why are these other people all saying that they're not and then they just let that trump what other people are saying uh just because it's a pro player so that's my soapbox i guess very miniature yeah, okay. soapbox. So they did have both on they did have both over mad like the reason why i have psg lower then this is because I do like when you watch like when the the, the game is hovered over the lighting, they make way more fundamental mistakes. So when there are situations where they're gonna get, they get a lot of situations where they get early advantages. Um, but I, I like their their flanks and collapses. It's just I would say that they're not gonna get those same advantages if they continue to to visualize matchups with the way that they have been. So that's like that's why I think there's a lot of inflation on on PSG talent. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, so that's, that's where I am. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's wrap it up with, uh, one more question here, which is coming from, from truth. Uh, wants to know if there are any players that you'd like to call out that you think will surprise people with their performance. And I'd, I'd lean that towards positive surprise, but <laughs> you can go the other direction with it if you're, if you feel compelled. Positive surprise. Um, yeah, I think, are there any players that I think will surprise with performance? I'm going to say, honestly, I feel like there are just so many players that we've seen already Mm -hmm. that we kind at this event that we we kind of get 
a sense of, okay, these are, this is, this is how they play. I'll, I'll say probably the most surprising one for me is going to be, might, that might be surprising for people in a negative way, is going to be like a gala. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say the most surprising in a positive way for some people based on... My thing is, is that I just don't really have a pulse on what the community yeah. thinks of players yeah. right now. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest because I'm the furthest removed from that that I've ever been. I guess if I'm coming at from it from a perspective of oh, you've never seen these guys before, there is a a nice like the the Brazilian jungle karaoke maybe this is this is, he hasn't really been international event, but he's he, I think he's he's pretty good, so mm-hmm. he might be interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you know that this does entirely depend on what mm-hmm. people's expectations are going in the end. So like like I think one of the, naturally my mind goes to fudge as it often does in many contexts uh, and people, uh, you know, just have such people have set such a low bar. I think a lot of people on, on what they expect from him because of stuff that happened four months ago. And I think if people are still in that mindset, then if, even if he performs just kind of average and holds his own, that'll be a positive surprise. Then again, if people still have that mindset from four months ago, they'll just gloss that over anyways and probably still feel bad about him. But uh, you know that that is what it is there, uh, and and if people from other regions who haven't watched just go on, everybody says this player is bad, then they're going to get a positive surprise out of that as well. Uh, Gala is definitely an interesting shadow because I think if you only watch his playoffs, you're going to feel like hey, he's he's not bad, he's pretty good, uh, but yep. you don't know if that's what you're going to get out of it. So, and and I'm looking forward to like. Uh, you know, players like Armut and Elioya, who I, I haven't had the most exposure to. I've done some review of them uh, going in MSI, but I'm really, really looking forward to see what they can what they can bring out. Uh, learn a little more about them as well. Yeah, I'm I'm less high on Armut after watching the playoffs again mm. um, than I was. I don't really like his NAR. I'm gonna be blunt on that. Um, but the but I think that Elioya can be can be interesting for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right. I think uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, going to be cognizant of your time, and I know you've got uh, other things that you've got to attend to. So thank you for making the time and joining us on the show today, Kelsey. And can you remind everyone where they can follow your work? Right. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, K. It's it's on the screen. Um, but the K A R O N M O S E R for for people who are are on Audio only. listener only. Yeah. Um. You also follow Evil Geniuses um, for for updates on the team and some of the things that I'm doing that's in the collegiate side of my name, not the competitive side of my title. And I'm going to be coming out with a an episode MSI preview of Making the Rounds with Emily later mm-hmm. today. So that'll be fun. Right. Double Doubling up the content, cannibalizing mm-hmm. my appearances here. I think we talk about very different things, though. So yeah. it's actually kind of kind of cool. Good. So. Right. Yeah, and, and if you drop me links for, for that stuff, I'll make sure to throw it in the show notes there uh, so that everybody can check that out easily. Uh, so thank you to everyone for listening. You can support the True Side podcast at Patreon, patreon.com slash Oracle's Elixir. You can subscribe subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, as well as anchor.fm slash TrueSight. And make sure you check out the Oracle's Elixir Discord server where we talk about League of Legends, esports, other games, data science, a lot of other topics. So links to all of those will be in the show notes as well. This has been the True Sight Podcast, and I'm Tim Sevenhusen. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.